yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. This week I have Jamie Heaslip in the studio. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Welcome back to the podcast. Yes, yes. You're head of brand marketing at Flender, an alternative lending service. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But you've been really busy over the last uh, weeks and months. You had a big exit with Pointy, not you, but Pointy, (laughs) the tech company that you invested. Um, You had a good exit with that. It, yeah, the boys, the boys did really well. Um, they're, yeah, I, I'm kind of delighted with them. But you must be delighted for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, a lot of a lot of time went in and, and a lot of time and effort. And for someone like Mark to be able to to sell a second company mm. um, into 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 them is is really really impressive. And um, just shows you, you know, the, the kind of the genius that he is in terms of being able to come up with another product idea and go from zero to, I think they have about 100 people. There, so for somebody, and, and also it means that Google is on the north side now, Dublin, which <laughs> I'm very happy with, because the, the office is right around here yeah, from, from yeah. our office. and Just Google, over on Amy Street there. Yeah, yeah. Google says it's going to keep it here, <clears throat> which means welcome to the north side, yeah. um, Google. But for someone like you, I often wondered, <clears throat> so you got in at an early point with Pointy. Now this mm. could be, I could be talking to any investor here, it could be a, any company. You got an early point, the company has done very well, has a good exit, has sold for quite a bit of money, over 100 million euro. So you have a, a decent return of that. I don't know what it is. You can tell me if you want. You don't tell me if you don't want to. Either way, um, you. what does that feel like? Is, that, is, it, is it the money? Is it having picked the right horse? I mean, is there, is there, is there a positive kick you get from that? Um. Uh, yeah, yes and no. It's nice to know that one of you, like your investments goes well and um, that one of your decisions has played out. Um, you know, like any investment in, in any sort of startup, I, I, mean, I, I don't know what the stats are, but it's probably like more fail than succeed, yeah. obviously. And it's, it's, it's tough to, it's tough able to, to build out an idea and prove the concept and actually have it work Right, and then it's a different level altogether to s- sell it on to another yeah. company. Um, you know, some just kind of t- tipping away, and never that's never their goal. And I'm not saying that was their goal, but mm-hmm. th- that's kind of what happened. Um, and then also, you're kind of delighted for the team because, like I, I, I've often said to people, I, I invest, I, I invest more in teams than I do in in like. The idea, mm. it's, the idea is kind of secondary. In secondary, like I mean, I, I, you meet Mark, you meet Charles, you it's see Charles what, Bibby and Mark. Yeah, Cummins, you yeah. see, you see so what, what did you see in those? I've uh, we've, we've had them on the podcast. Yeah, like I mean, they're very nice guys. Yeah. They're not flashy guys. Not at all. No. So what then? When you say you see something in them, what, it's what do just you see them? just just you see the dynamic of them. You see the way they carry themselves about. You see how they do business. You see how what they're about, what they want to do and why they want to do it. Um, 
like kind of their culture, their values for wanting, you know, their kind of, I suppose, in vogue words right now. We're hitting um, all the buzzwords. Yeah, here. like those kind of things. But that's, I, I, I saw the success of having really good teams and strong values and strong cultures in sport. Mm. So when I started looking at investing in companies, that's what I looked for because that's what I, did I know anything about like, the retail space, what he was trying to do? No. Did I know anything about SEO optimization? No. Did I know anything about how he, I don't know what magic he uses to find the image online from a scan in literally seconds? Again, that's a big fat no. But, um, but I understood the concept. I understood uh, the opportunity around the scale. Um, I understood the problems facing a company like Google that you think never has any problems versus uh, what Amazon is doing to, mm. to the digital landscape and how they're not necessarily winning that race, but really the person that's losing out is is the SME on the on, on the corner, and know, the corner shop. We'll get to Google because you, you worked there for yeah. a while and we will get to Flanders as well. <laughs> Don't worry, this is a very roundabout way. But would you say you've had more hits than misses? Because, I mean, I'm looking at some of the other investments you've made. A couple of pubs, the yep. Lemon Duke Bridge, 1859, with some of your uh, your old uh, rugby colleagues. Not quite techie, but we do have tech people drinking. Well, you've got, <laughs> you've got Urban Vault, <laughs> yeah. right, which could be considered somewhat a techie company. Kitman Labs. Yeah. Um, the Lovin Group, more of a media, more of a media company. Yeah, yeah uh, that's fair. An online media company. Um, all of those, most of them appear to be doing fine. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, my general rule, like, I don't know if you can, if it's an accounting rule or not, but they're all written off in my head. Um, if they come good, great. Well, then what does that feel like if and when one of them does great. come good? Because Pointy <laughs> has come really good, like very, like really, really good, like 1% good. Um, so what, like, what does that feel well, like? It's funny. It's just, it was, I was laughing because I, I met a fella last week and he was telling me, um, in his opinion, out of 10 startup companies that they might invest in, um, four would come good. And I was there going... It's mm. not bad. Well, no, well, I, I was kind of going, mm, mm. I don't know if that's really what goes on out in the world. I, I, what I think I know how lucky I am um, for these guys to have done what they've done. Mm. Um, very lucky to be at that time and place where you meet them, you know, and all that sort of thing. Now you make your own look a little bit by being curious and going out and meeting these people and doing all that sort of thing. But um, it, it's kind of like sport. People always ask me why, why for years did you never get injured? And I was like, half ah, it's blind luck, if I'm honest, because yeah. impact injury you you can't, and that's what that's what got me an impact injury. You, you can't really predict or prepare for it mm. um, sometimes. It's just you, you 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 hit something a certain angle or get hit in a certain angle or whatever it is, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, you're somewhat unusual as a significant sports figure in Ireland in that you have gone out and you've invested in quite a few companies, tech yeah. companies. You've also gone to work for Google, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a proper job. I'll come on to, into that as a second. I but, literally just came there. I was meeting a fellow who's, who's there, yeah. But when sports figures, successful sports figures transition into business, it usually goes one of two ways. Either they get embedded into one particular type of business with yeah. partners or they become a representative for a, a company. I'm thinking of a few GA players, for example, with banks. Yeah. But there is a danger of getting sucked in to becoming almost like um, a branding represent, almost like a mascot. In, yeah, in, in yeah, a sense. Yeah. Did, did Did you ever feel that you were? Um, it's a It's a line that you have to be careful with because obviously at the very start, um, you know, you, you don't have that work experience in there. You don't have that time built up. Um, you might have a, a lot of experience built up in in kind of let's call it emotional intelligence and, and all those kind of buzzwords that we've all talked about but you know the, the fact of the matter you don't have those hard skills that others might have you know built up over 10 15 years mm -hmm. um so you have to be careful you have to realize that you are not the smartest person in the room um and you're not you're not the top you're not the, like the the best in your field or you're one of the top performers in your field anymore you're bottom of the totem pole but you'd still be a very recognizable figure so yeah so you, now at google yeah. Arguably, wouldn't matter that much, okay? Because and it didn't different yeah. type of a company. Yeah. But for 
you take a bank, for example, yeah. I mean, a bank would have a large retail network. It would be invi inviting a lot of people over for different things. Sometimes it's very helpful to them to get, literally to get people into room to say that, you know, Jamie Heaslip or Mike Ross or whoever it is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. there. My question is, was there ever any danger of you feeling that you were going to be approached as a biz, as a mascot? Um, well, like, firstly, like with, with Google, for example, that just wouldn't, it wouldn't fly. Um, it was half the attraction of it. Mm. Um, but honestly, I never really looked at any anywhere else. So when I was finishing up rugby, I my first thought was like, okay, where do I want to go? Where do I want to work? I know I want to work. Like, and um, you're not going to be able to just sit back and do nothing. To play for the military, right? Yeah, but yeah, 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 and not for me. <laughs> Definitely not for me. Um, I, I asked too many questions, but they, I wanted to work at something that uh, did things at scale, and was based out of Ireland. So there's not a whole lot of, well, from my understanding, mm. that where that's kind of true. So I like obviously went straight to the tech area, which I knew, and there's a load of big uh, EMEA headquarters set up here in Dublin. We're very lucky for that. And so they do a lot of things at scale. And then the other thing that I actually looked at was aviation leasing. Um, you know, huge, huge industry mm. um, that's pretty much based on Shelvin Road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. But it's in, in Dublin. Um, and I looked at those two industries um, and aviation uh, is, is an amazing industry, but like just way too much travel for mm. me. Um, and so I was kind of like, okay, well, that's not a really runner for me of what I want um, or my lifestyle that I want after rugby. So then I was like, okay, um, tech world. I was like, okay, well, I've invested in a couple of them that are scaling, doing okay. Maybe I go into one of them. And then I was like, no, 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 that's, that's too easy. And I thought that's, I just go in as a name. Mm. And so I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go and look at other companies that I wouldn't go in as a name where I just have to, you know, learn the trade effectively. And that's what happened in Google where I went in, what, 75, 80% of the workforce here in Dublin are non-Irish or non-nationals. Is it that high? It's something like that, yeah. something ridiculous. In our Nugular uh, class, there was, I think there was like 90 people or something. What? And there was like four of us that were Irish. What exactly did you do in Google? What I did? Yeah. Good question. A lot of people will ask me with that same look. Um, <laughs> What's the look? <laughs> it's like, what? Like, yeah. like people couldn't put two and two together. Yeah. Um, effectively, what I did was, um, so, the, okay, in layman's terms, and I'll botch this, and there'll be a lot of Googlers probably getting on to me afterwards, but basically, they, they kind of split the, the, Jeep, the, the sales part of the business in two. Um, one is called, uh, I think it's called GMS. Can't remember what it stands for. It's probably changed. They change their acronyms every so often. Yeah. And then there's like LCS, which is like large client services. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, GMS is like taking you from not spending at all on any of their products mm. to kind of that journey as you scale up. Mm. Um, and then some, some of the top clients in their book are spending a lot of money and, and mm. doing a lot of big things would be big name brands. Mm. And then there's kind of like a threshold and you kind of get put in the LCS bucket, which is kind of like... Um, you, it's more hands-on service. There's more uh, services available to you, um, probably more data available to you or more insight packs. Mm. Um, and I was part of that team. And I was part of it. So it's then Europe is broken up into sectors. I was part of the UKI sector. Uh, yeah. Ireland basically is the I in that UKI. Mm -hmm. And instead of verticalizing it like the rest of the UK, Ireland's all put into the one sector. And then because it's so small, but... And yeah. as in you're an account director here, is that... So I was, no, no, I was, I was an account manager, senior account manager. So yeah. I just looked over um, a couple of different clients. Um, I was cost, it was really interesting because in Ireland you're, you're multi-vertical then. Hmm. So you get to work with loads of different businesses and different models and different advertising. Um, and that was really, really interesting. Uh, a lot of learning, a lot of process. Because the impression we have of Google is that it's largely an automated system that whether you're big or a small business, it's a fairly consistent experience that they come to the system. Whereas the, the picture you're painting here that it can be, there can be relationships involved. Oh yeah, in yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, I mean, you, you're dealing with direct clients, you're dealing with agencies, um, you're dealing with, like if, for someone, let's say, you know, you, you're coming with your company to, to Google, like there is such an ecosystem internally 
that it would be next to impossible for you to be able to manage all those relationships. So you need kind of a singular touch point. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of one of the roles and responsibilities, I suppose, um, as well as kind of helping optimize because there's, there's so much um, data uh, like that you can get drowned in it, mm. but you, you need to provide the sell what moment, you know, mm. um, and that's, that's pretty, I think that's, that's what a lot of, like the, the really good um, people that I worked with, that's what they did on a really, on a regular basis. They're able to, to decipher the information, know what, the business that's advertising, which is trying to do or accomplish and give them that nugget of information and that sell what moment. And when you went in there and during the time that you worked there, at what point did you think that you had seen enough or that you were, you wanted to move on? Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I, I didn't really have a moment where I thought that I had a moment where I thought, Oh, that was inter- That's interesting. And that was basically when, when the guys from Flender came to me and, and um, you know, asked that they, they kind of had, they were scaling very well. You know, they'd gone from 1 billion of, 1 million, 1 billion, 1 million of originations in um, 2017, 4 million in 2018, just under 13 million mm-hmm. last year. Um, with, so why did they come to you? I'm an investor. Okay. Um, I'm in it. I was a brand ambassador for yeah. up until literally December last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they knew that I was always had a grow to go back to something that I was involved in or I had um, skin in the game effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted you to come on board in a more executive role. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like full time employee there. Um, out and about meeting a lot of people. Um, I, that's, I literally started in January, so just kind of understanding the landscape of, of that uh, lending world and the SME world. No, no harm to take a step back here okay, and yeah, what, what yeah. Flender actually is. So Flender, uh, as I understand it, is a startup, is a business a couple of years old that essentially is an alternative lending business. And yeah. it has you, you, it matches people who are willing to lend money and people who need money, small businesses. Yeah, and, and they've kind of pivoted a couple of times, like most businesses do, as you as you know from covering it from from this long. Um, digital lending platform, the fastest growing digital lending platform in Ireland. Um, provide fast, flexible finance to SMEs, and our kind of USP is the the user experience and up and to speed of execution. Three hundred thousand. Up three hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, the minimum is. Um, I think I think it's about uh, oh I have to double check on that I think it's about fifty thousand yeah but it's yeah. tens of thousands anyway. yeah it's yeah. not it's not fifteen hundred our average loan size is about is about hundred thousand okay yeah yeah and there are thousands of investors i.e. people who are willing to sign up to 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 lend yeah so uh, like we we kind of probably have split it now into what you call like retail lending and institutional lending so um, retail lending is exactly what you said where you can come on the platform anyone you know, you, me, you know, put 50 quid in mm-hmm. and decide who we want to lend to. Um, that is actually becoming less and less of the business. And we secured a 75 million euro credit line in Q4. Mm-hmm. So of institutional money. Um, so effectively we have institutional money, which it wouldn't um, be on the, the, the marketplace as such mm-hmm. or on that platform that you would go on and to. And that, that goes to businesses. That's how we, that's how we loan out to businesses. And it just... You know, for any lay listeners listening to, listening to this, does that mean that seventy seventy five million euro credit line that that allows up to seventy five million euro of lending to people or to businesses yeah. who are coming? We want to loan one hundred million this year. Right. Okay. That's that's our uh, our ability. Mm-hmm. We're about to hit twenty million um, worth of business loans since our start. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really nice milestone for us. A really good big milestone for us. We'll be getting donuts. It's big. That's a big moment for any. For any. Avoid donuts. <laughs> Actually, you're looking very trim. Though. Uh, I'm fading away, but that would be a big moment. And, and but we have the ability to to loan 100 million. So we we've set the bar that high. Um, and and Flender makes money from the borrower. 
does it? Is that how it, is that how it makes its cut? It, it there's a, a fee uh, on there. Yeah, we for for yeah. So obviously you charge a fee in the money, as in on the percentage that you get, uh, and then also there's the knock-on effect of you know there's a there's an arrangement fee as well. Because I thought you could you could there was a marketplace for uh, interest rates on the loan, as in um, you, you could do, there was some competition for interest rates, or somebody could could come in and decide how much they were going to offer or what interest rate they were oh, going to offer. Oh, and the retail lending. The retail lending, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you can set your parameters that you're comfortable with. Mm. Um, but like when a business comes to us, like we, we have a whole credit team that assess okay. where they sit in terms of um, risk. Okay. And then kind of associate a, a and that's, percentage with you're that. You're doing that to give comfort to the lender, presumably, or the institution, because th- this isn't, Flender's not regulated in the same way as Bank of Ireland or no. another another lender would be. This is an alternative lending platform. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, exactly. It's, it's their own secured loans. Um, and it's a digital lending platform that, yes, it's fast, it's flexible. Um, and you know, our name is on the line effectively with mm. this. Um, there's risk like any sort of investment in general, um, but like our, our default rate is less than 1% currently, uh, which is very good compared to the rest of them. I mean, the real USP, if I'm honest, is when a business, and this is why I got involved in them in the first place, mm. when, a, when a business comes to you and it's, or it goes to a bank, one of the pillar banks, and it's looking to get a business loan for some sort of opportunity that's, arisen you know and they it might really tighten their cash flow or whatever we can we can they can upload all their, all their information and we can today we can give you an answer today mm. and if it's a yes we can give you the money tomorrow mm. a bank will take anywhere from six to eight weeks to give yeah. you a, like and that's not even a, that's a potential slow no mm. and that's that's worse mm. so i can see the appeal so if the default rate is low if, if it is under yeah. 1%, for example, f- for those that find themselves in that position, mm. like what happens then? What happens then? I mean, how, how do you, is it the lender? Oh, we, we have a full team that, um, in terms of uh, claiming- terms of following up. Yeah, following them, getting that back. Yeah, we have a full team that manage all that uh, in terms of trying to chase all that up. Um, Luckily, it hasn't been something that we've had to deal with a whole lot. You're not, you're not knocking on people's door. I'm at not. No, in the morning. no, uh, <laughs> uh, no. But um, you know, it's like I said, it's it's there is risk involved in everything. Mm. Um, just like if you put your money into stocks and bonds, and if, even if you put your money on on savings right now, with the interest rates that you're getting is not fantastic, and inflation would really dig into that. Mm. Um, but for for businesses. That we're u- that are using our platform and using the institutional lending platform, um, and the other products that we have, or and, and that are on our roadmap. Um, I mean, it's uh, we have a great uptake because SMEs are, are being a little bit forgotten by. I think mm-hmm. and being a little I, bit left behind. I looked behind. through some of the case studies on the website. Oh yeah, I was actually kind of surprised at some of the, I saw I saw because some of them are, are businesses that have been going for 10, 15 years. Yeah. I know some of them. Big Red Book, Mark Dwyer, yeah. he, he is one of your testimonials. Mark's a good guy, that's yeah. A, that's a pretty solid business. I mean, that's been going for well over a decade. Yeah. I remember yeah, writing yeah. about them, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So it's kind of interesting that businesses like that are, are going to the, to the platform Yeah, it was as well. funny. As I go on this kind of um, discovery, I suppose, over the last while, um, there's some people who, like, you're talking to them about loans and they don't want... Some, I don't know if it's an Irish thing or not. They don't mm-hmm. want people to know that they're taking a loan, right? And in business, mm-hmm. and I, w- they were like, "Oh, we think it's a bad thing." And I was like, "I, I, I don't understand that." I mean, like, it, how, how do you, yeah, expect to scale like mm. sometimes? Well, we have a funny. There's a funny kind of relationship that we have between that yeah. and shame and honor. There's because there was when I was researching this, I was confused a little bit by the Flender, F-L-E-N-D-R, the UK startup, which was set up in 2015 or so, which was set up as a company for people to lend each other money, right? In families and friends. And in Ireland, that's a a much more difficult thing to do, to set up, to to download an app and set up a business because you want to formalize borrowing for a grand from 
you, you know, your brother. I yeah. mean, it, it happens, but yeah, to yeah, set it yeah, up yeah. In, and put it in all in terms that everyone to see. Yeah. yeah and set yeah. interest rates. It's, yeah. it's kind of a bit weird, but, um, so, so you're now, you're now fully in deep into, into Flander. Yeah, 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 this yeah. Is your life I'm, now. I'm, I'm now. I'm nearly thirty days in. Yeah. Mm. Um, I say I've been around the company for for mm. uh, three years now. Right. Um, but being around it and, and kind of being part of their brand ambassador program versus getting into it. I'm sorry, and being an investor mm. versus getting into it are two different things. Because um, I have to start. I have to stand or I have to understand a lot about our broker channel mm. and, and third party channel. Um, I have to start touching base with all the different associations and like because we because we're across nearly every vertical, you know, mm. like SMEs are the beating heart of this economy, and that's because they are everywhere. Mm. Um, and trying to understand all them, what's important to them, their user experience of it, good and bad. Um, because but we're by no means the finished product. Um, and the minute you think that is the minute you like get passed out, basically. Yeah. Um. So I've been busy trying to ID a lot of them because they're in industries that I wouldn't have known a lot about. Um, working with our originations team who are, who are excellent um, to follow up with, with clients that have um, done business with us. So is this a nine to five for you? It is, but so it's, it's nine to five. But the, the role itself means that you're, you're, you're out and about quite a bit. Right. You're, you're at a lot of... Uh, different events or whatever you're meeting clients um you know i'm trying to formulate like look at the brand itself and and think you know you know what, how it looks and feels and all that um and then try and get the message out there and think about how we get the message out there and um, where is the audience how i approach them Mm. Um, do I approach them? How to sorry, how to brand approach them? I should I should say, um, and then also from that's that side of it, and then there's the whole like kind of stepping into that leadership role within the team and and within that leadership group that we have, and helping that team scale because I think we're just we're around the twenty people mark now. Right. So how we scale that from from going from such a big global company. Mm. And seeing their processes and how they orchestrate it, what what bits do I take from that? Or I look over a kit man, what what bits do I take from that? Mm. Or pointy and mm. as I as I say, I'm a specialist generalist. I'm not a specialist. So, as a specialist generalist, <laughs> what's the goal for you in the medium to long term? Let's say Flender goes well, yeah. for example, and you there's an opportunity for you to you know to become more embedded in an executive role there that's one path yeah. another path is that you keep your options open in terms of being an investor do yeah. you want to get into a kind of a ceo role at some point in the future or would you prefer to be to to mm. you know to 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 keep your eyes open and 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 to be investing in different things i I've, I've never thought that far down the road if i'm honest really yeah like I, I used to think that like like people go, what your dream job? And mm. I'd be like, oh, I'd be like CEO of Leicester Rugby or CEO of mm. Irish Rugby. And that's as far as I brought it. Um, and I've, I've never actually thought of it. Now that I'm kind of, I don't know if it's because it's taken me a time to really adjust to being in the business world. Mm. Um, I've never thought of it that way. But now that you say it to me, um, you know, I've kind of in my own head. I've said, right, I'm I'm here now, and this is mm. what I'm going to focus on for, you know, the road in front of me. <laughs> like, like you, you can I kind of have a rough idea. Like, you do you want? Do I want to stay with Flender for a while? Oh hell yeah, because I think they're going really really well, and I want this company to grow and scale and have the same success as Pointy, if not more, mm. or whatever. You know, set your insert ambitious goal. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, but it's more the, the the team dynamic that I, I really enjoy. And as long as I enjoy something like that. Because you come across a little bit as a guy <coughs> who is curious and interested. Very, yeah. And you kind of, you, you like looking at, you're interested when something new comes along and to get involved and to, to see how that will go. Yeah. So maybe that's more like, if I think, for example, about my future in 10 years' time or 15 years' yeah. time, like where, where do I think of myself? Maybe it's a different now than it was 15 years ago. But I still broadly speaking, I would like to have a few things achieved, um, a, a few other professional things yeah. achieved, maybe to be in a, in a certain place. I'm wondering, do you have, even have a vague idea of No, I don't, because, be? because I'm only starting out in this journey. I don't, mm. ha I don't have enough time in it to really know. The, I'm, not, I'm like that 
kid who's just come out of school mm. and they're still playing rugby and they like, just got for into example, the academy. And you're yeah, like, the, like, ooh. Like, Microsoft founder Paul Allen, co-founder yeah. Paul Allen, had a very successful career in Microsoft, then kind of got out, then became an investor and had a yacht and did all, you know, had all these investments. Mark Benioff from Salesforce. Yeah. Um, I'm not comparing either of us to Mark Benioff. But, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, it's nice of you to put us in that company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, he has, he lives his dream to a certain extent. You could say maybe Zuckerberg is... Um, in the middle of it, in the thick of it. Mm. And I know I'm picking extremely successful mm. people here. On the other side, there are VCs that you don't hear so much about. So there are investors in Ireland who are very, very successful yeah, investors, yeah. some of whom have never really got involved at, you know, in an, at an executive level, but they're really happy with the, the life they've, yeah. uh, they've chosen for there, themselves. There's a, lot to be, there's a lot to be said of being behind the scene mm. um, and having spent so much time, uh, say, Near the front, mm. um, I, that side does appeal down the road. Um, would I like? Would I love to be part of a big VC fund that's kind of quietly behind the scenes, looking at what's happening in Irish tech? Mm. That would be appealing. Um, having done a little bit of it myself, and and all of them, all the investments I made, obviously while playing, they were they were done such a way that I, I couldn't play an executive role. In yeah. Them. So that's how they're set up. So this is the first time, bar a couple of months last, uh, bar a couple of months 2018 with Kitman, where I did some consulting with them, um, where I've kind of formally gone into one of the investments I've been in. Um, everything else is check-in maybe once a quarter. Mm. Um, and that's that's how they're set up. So this is a first for me as well. Mm. Uh, really exciting because the company is exciting. Um, you know, for me, it's it's all about like, you know, it's an ambitious one, but like you know, I want to help SMEs. I want to help them. I want to help them grow. Mm. Um, and and us at Flender, that's that's what the company goal is all about. That's why everyone's coming in every day, um, trying to empower these Irish businesses because there's 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 thousands of them, mm. thousands of them that are doing amazing things. Um, Fl Flender is really more of a finance company than a tech company. I mean, it's a yeah. It's, I mean, like, I mean, it's built. We have like, there's a whole back house AI, well, AI software kind of um, development going on, yeah. and I would imagine in the not too distant future, the engineers will be passing us out in numbers, um, such as such as you know where we want to bring this company going mm. forward, because uh, speed is speed is everything. But it acts like a tech company, and then the way that you're describing it, it acts like a tech company. So, I mean. Shallow metrics, the <laughs> way people dress, right? Yeah. So this is this is interesting. I'm always fascinated by this, uh, by the way people dress. I've written columns about. What does mine say about me, sir? Uh, it says you're on a day off, frankly. That's, that's, that's what it looks like to me. But but if you were like, I mean, I wear uh, runners most days yeah. to work. Now that's for a for a newspaper, for a broadsheet newspaper. That's not typical. That that's only kind of coming coming in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I read a, a good piece. Um, about how the VC jacket, the uh, the Patagonia uh, VC oh, yeah, sleeveless yeah, jacket, yeah, is yeah. on the way out now because Patagonia is starting to get some brand blowback. Oh, um, really? Yeah, because every Patagonia sleeveless jacket you see in the valley is worn by, you know, a forty to fifty year old slim okay. bloke who's also wearing slim jeans, soft shoes, and uh, is you know driving in and out of Menlo Park, you know, okay. into San Francisco, and they don't like the stereotype, you know. Um, but in a finance company, it still suits, yeah. by and large. Maybe they've ditched the tie slightly. Yeah. Um, in a tech company, it's more what you're wearing. Yeah. Maybe what I'm wearing now. I'm just more like a VC today than I am. You're the VC. <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask you about the concept of tech bro culture, right? This is something that has come up in, in, in recent years. And I've written a bit about this. There's a lot about this floating around in the ether. So the idea of the tech bro culture yeah. being um, a, a kind of particular boisterous, sometimes toxic uh, culture. Um, but if I'm a tech company and you, you, I mean this in the best possible way, you would kind of be the ideal candidate to bring in to, to, to a tech bro uh, culture in terms of, you know, you know, you, you're, you're a sporting guy, you're interested in tech, et cetera. Um, have you seen any of that in 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 any of the companies? I I, I'd I don't know what it is. What you're well. So, for example, in Uber. Yeah. 
there was a big issue in Uber with yeah. a, a tech bro culture, and that was demonstrated by um, a lot of testosterone, a lot of a lot of blokes. I, sometimes an anti-female kind of sentiment oh, okay. as well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, are exclusionary yeah. to different degrees. Um, sometimes kind of the exuberance spills over into something that becomes kind of exclusionary. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that something that you've ever kind of detected? Um, I mean, you, you could argue in, in uh, the only place I really experienced that was in the rugby environment to mm. a certain degree where it was pretty much all males. Yeah. Um, on in on the Leinster Plain side of the building, mm. uh, I don't know now because I'm not there, but it was pretty much all males. Mm. Um, not on the the business side of the building. Mm. Um, I don't know why it, it went that way, but um, in terms of any other company that I am currently involved in, they are all. They have like obviously pointy. There is more males than female right now, but are mm. not pointy. Sorry, um, Flender, because mm. we're just so small. Mm. Um, but like Kitman, you know, all that. In terms of, in terms of having a diverse group of, uh, I'm not even not even males and females. Sorry, but like people from all sorts of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty diverse, mm. and any company that I've seen is pretty diverse. And I think you need that because otherwise you get group thinking and you'll have blind spots. Yeah, um, and I think that's. You know, that's the real danger of it. And then, like the culture and the values, that really comes from the top down, mm. I think. And then, and they can guide it, and then you can get acceptance and buy-in from the bottom up as well. Mm. Um, I haven't seen it in any of the ones that I'm involved in. Mm. Um, I don't know how to take it. You say that I'm I'm an example of someone that they would bring in, but I, it's, it's a little bit of a provocative question. But, um, <laughs> it, it, it's. I'm trying to put myself in 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 the mindset of a, of, of a tech bro, uh, as I'm calling him. Dan Lyons, the Newsweek journalist, wrote a very good book about HubSpot, which they have a big facility down here in Dublin. Yeah. It's an American company, uh, advertising, retargeting, reselling, marketing. And um, he went through the experiences that he that he described was kind of exuberance and enthusiasm taken to kind of a level where it was kind of cringy. Like, like doing push-ups on the on the everybody dropping doing hundred push-ups on the floor. <laughs> no one's doing um, that. Yeah, any of the companies yeah. I've been around. Um, and then sometimes it would have a slightly toxic edge. So at the at the fringes there would be kind of kind of boorish um, behavior that just made women feel excluded. For example, quite yeah, a lot. I I don't like. I I, I think that. And we want to create great experiences, right? Not just for the customer, but for the people in it. And because if you don't create um, a real, a place where people feel safe to work, where they enjoy working, they have great experiences there, they'll leave, mm. right? And you, you, that constant drain of people leaving is not good for your business, mm. especially in a Dublin landscape where amongst, I know we're kind of like, we're a fintech, essentially, yep. right? Um that it's hard to get good people because of you've got the HubSpots coming in, you've yeah. got the Googles coming in. So, I mean, I, I just think in general those, I'm not saying they're gone, I think they're going those mm. days. Mm. I th- um, I'm quite proud of um, the companies that I'm, I have my name to in terms of their uh, approach to it all. Um, and, you know, uh, again, nothing's ever perfect and you're constantly trying to tweak it and change it and evolve it to avoid those blind spots. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, interesting. I was just in terms of, in terms of me coming, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I was going to say the, the, the uh, no one's doing push ups or chin ups or we had donuts delivered last Friday. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, there's a softer, side to the kind of the tech enthusiasm. I remember having a discussion with uh, one of the Intercom founders and I was asking him about this because they had, um, they, 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 they sh- have a great platform. Th- yeah, listen, yeah. They're, and they're doing fantastically well at the moment. I think they're Ireland's only software unicorn by valuation uh, right now. I think they are. Um, but they are fairly exuberant themselves. They they call of their colleagues intercomrades. A lot of tech companies 
they have these names for it. Yeah. The guys, and they've got the T-shirts and they've got the brand and stuff and all the rest of it. I remember putting it to one of them, respectfully, that um, is this not all a bit cringy? Does this, like does it not? Because oh. you keep talking about this being your family and we're on a mission yeah, but and I, all this kind I, of stuff. I think, I think people see, not that religion is on the way out or anything like that, but I think people are missing a community or missing a connection. A sense of... um, I'll call it a sense of purpose, call it whatever you want. Mm. Um, I think it's a sense of community. And I think some places are are creating that. Like I I just came Mm. from Google who are experts in it. Everyone's either a Noogler or a Googler. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, and that was part of what I was asking uh, the Intercom um, founder about. Now, he gave me a fairly nuanced answer. He said, look, I, I hear what you're saying and I can see your point of view on this, that from the outside, this must look really cringy. Hmm. We're doing all these things and we're having these kind of kind of 21st century versions of Umbaya, my Lord. But what you don't understand is you're talking about people who in some cases are devoting 12, 13, 14 hours yeah. a day to this. And it is actually meaningful. They, it's not cynical for them. So that it is meaningful. So what might look cringy to you might actually mean something um, to these guys. And I thought it was a fair point. Now on Google, I have to say that sometimes um, I go into Google, I know I know plenty of people yeah. who work in Google and many of them are exactly the same as you and I. Some of them definitely do drink the Kool-Aid a lot. Oh yeah. Like they'll wear all the pins and all the badges. Yeah. And uh, you know, they'll, 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 they'll talk the talk and- yeah. Um, I know plenty of them too. Yeah, I know, yeah. And like when you're an Irish, cynical Irish person, sometimes you sort of stay back and you're kind of, you're arching your eyebrows and you're kind of thinking, oh God. But I suppose you have to remember that these guys think they're part of a mission yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, it's not too similar when, like when you're playing for a team mm. and you wear all their gear and mm. all that as well and, and it becomes everything for you. And mm. it's it's not, that's people, that becomes their identity. Mm. Mm. Um, because you invest so much time and effort into it. Um, it, That's why it doesn't surprise me. Now, sometimes you can take it with a pinch of salt, you Mm. know what I mean? Um, Like when you're having your Google-versary and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Classic example. Yeah, and and I think a lot of it, sometimes I actually think some of it's it's, it's tongue-in-cheek for that reason, for a bit of crack. Mm. I I think they like in Twitter they definitely take Twitterversary seriously in the company. <laughs> they definitely do. Yeah, but like uh, look, uh, different strokes for different folks, yeah. you know what I mean? Um I think like it's funny because we're starting out in that journey now. Mm-hmm. Like we have like like you talk about merch, right? Mm-hmm. We have no literally no we have I think we have day planners and umbrellas. You've no merch. We've no merch. And I'm kind of going Hang like your head in shame. I, I exactly, but I, it's, I'm kind of going like am I getting it because that's the thing you do? Or am I getting it because, okay, from a branding perspective, mm. should we have some branded stuff when we're at events or if I'm on this, for example, or what, yeah. whatever, direct meeting a client? Um, or actually, do we want to do it for the guys inside to be a little bit proud of? Well, I stuff? suppose maybe for the engineers, maybe, but maybe for the SMEs that you're trying to lend to, maybe they have a different approach going back to our uniforms, right? Yeah. Maybe they prefer to see somebody who's, if not in a suit, is somewhat soberly dressed. 100%, maybe, maybe 100%. Okay. So maybe they don't want to see the big t-shirt. No, no, maybe okay. they want to see a guy turn up in you know, a three-piece suit. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, now, as I said, we're like being a digital lending platform, we like to challenge mm. um, the way things are done. That's why, that's what we're doing. Um, and hence why we can have the speed that we can have. Mm. Um, but it's, there's no silver bullet there, really, in no. terms of the answer to your to your question. No, no, there isn't. Now, but just to to before I leave this topic, <laughs> um, so an increasing amount of what comes across my desk when I'm writing about macro trends mm. in the tech industry is about tech's place on the scale of good to evil in the world. So Facebook, Google, um, you know, Twitter, Microsoft all of these companies, Amazon. And it really, the, the, the opinions are very diverse on that. I mean, Facebook has got an absolute hammering over the last uh, two mm-hmm. years. Many, Most Amazon does as well. Um, you like tech. I mean, I quite like tech as well. You, mm. you, you like tech. Mm. Where, what should we think in terms of where tech is, in terms of the balance between good and evil? Like, is it is it complicated? Is it overall 
a good thing? Is it overall a bad thing? Like, it's a hard question to answer because, because like, take 10 years ago, 2010. Mm. Um, is Instagram around at that stage? Just about. Just about. Facebook hasn't blown up the way it, it's big, but it hasn't like it, gone it crazy. Just about hit the big time, but not not. It wasn't a utility like yeah. it is now. Um, Twitter was Google was pretty much there. Yeah, Google's been around for oh, yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, but still, still Twitter probably was, Twitter was young. Microsoft was massive. Amazon was big. Yeah, but still not no. doing what it disrupting like it is now, no. right? And and going into all the different mm. regions that they're going. But so if you go 10 years ago, you would have a very different answer than what you have today. Mm. And that's what technology does. So I think what technology does, it opens the door to, to roads and paths and corridors that we don't even know mm. where that's going or where the next door is and the next kind of junction is going to be and the questions are going to be asked. And mm. um, that's what AI well, does. Then, they were disruptive and plucky. You know, yeah. they weren't the man. Oh, now, yeah. But like, I mean, no, no one really knew, understood about... Okay, um, you have all these different platforms. Oh, they're all free to use. Oh, okay, but you know everything like yin and yang. You know, there's there's balance in everything. Like, you oh, it's free, but actually, it turns out you're giving up loads and loads and loads and so loads that, of data points. And that's pretty much what where we're at now in terms of analysis. We're trying to figure out what yeah. the narrative are. You know, is free Google with all of the data it sucks up. Is that still worth it? Is it still a good thing? Is I mean, for example, in the Super Bowl, I don't know if you saw the Google Super Bowl ad there oh, last yeah, night. Yeah, great very, ad though. Very good ad. And it made an interesting point. And it's a point that I've been thinking about with regard to, to Facebook as well. If you regard Google and Facebook as a utility, mm. even though it's free, even though it's sucking our data, at the moment, an awful lot of people who rely on that are older people, people who are less well off, they can't afford necessarily an iPhone. Yeah. They can't afford to have, may, maybe it is that, you know, their their family are not going to call them every day. Maybe that Facebook is yeah. their main visibility from, yeah. from a week to week point of view. And that Google ad kind of hit a lot yeah. of those points. So where, what do we think? How do we think about this as an issue? And sort of you with, you know, an interest in tech and mm. with a, a significant number of tech investments, do you regard yourself as somebody who is uh, investing in disruption and, and, and that kind of plucky under it? Or are you now kind of... You, I, you I, I, I always said I, I love things that ask the question of why. So I hated people saying, you know, we did it that way because that's just the way it was done. Mm. Like, that drove me mad. Mm. And a lot of companies, a lot of companies I invest in ask that question of, okay, why are we doing it that way? Why can't we try it another way? Or why can't we look at mm. it from a different perspective? Or why can't we use that data to do this or try to predict that or whatever? Um, so that's kind of why I love, but I'm, I'm kind of like, like take smart, smart home technology, mm. for example. I'm, I'm still undecided about it because, because I, I'm kind of like, okay, you insert this device into your house. Mm. Um, and you're giving up even more data. Mm. Um, so what though? You, well, exactly. You get yeah. to that. So what? What's like? Are you happy with that? Like, okay. Oh, you know, the usual debate is like, oh, well, what are you hiding or whatever? You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Uh, and it's not. It's not anything like that. It's like it's it's your data. You're giving. Like, mm. are you free with it? But then then I just come back to going like I walk around. Mm. with this bloody thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And oh, we all do. Yeah. So it's listening anyway the whole time or whatever. Mm. Insert whatever your fear is. Um, so if you take the Ring doorbell, for example, Amazon's yeah. Ring doorbell camera on it, you can, it's very convenient for a lot of people. Yeah. But now in the States, Amazon is doing deals with the cops yeah. where um, it's creating voluntarily uh, an interface for community groups that voluntarily want to share their footage with the local police forces. And on one level, you know, if it's my estate and if it's my if it's my neighbor's house that got burgled or my neighbor's daughter who was attacked, I can completely see why there would be a desire. Yeah. And on the other hand, this is this is a dystopian surveillance society that we're creating, and I'm not I'm genuinely not sure yet how to think about that. I, and I'm kind of in that, but I don't think anyone does. And then you 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 layer in um, AI, machine learning. Mm. Um, where's that going to go? 
uh, no one really knows the answers to those questions. Well, yet. it'll it'll go first of all to benefit um, Amazon and Google, right, and, and Microsoft, who who. But imagine, imagine what, like, imagine there's there's something out there, there or some company that hasn't even been invented yet mm. that will be able to leverage that as well as the servers that are cost really cheap now as well as well as every other platform that's out there that they can all leverage to come up with their idea and then use that could be the next powerhouse that w- and is using something or doing something that we never even thought do you of. think that there's still space and time for a major disruptive yeah like company? wait till 5g comes along and what that's going to do in terms of ability of what you have mm. On your person, because there is a theory that the big tech companies that we have now yeah. are going to be the, the the firm for for the next two decades, simply because the time at which they rose was the time that any that the new dominant firms were going to rise. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm not. I'm. You're not a futurologist for Flander. No, I mean. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are just things I, I'm interested in thinking um, about. Down the rabbit hole we go, but no, it's it's look, it, it's exciting times I think mm. for for companies and particularly in Ireland because of the opportunity that's here in Ireland. Yeah, um, it's a melting pot of ideas, mm. melting pot of innovation. A lot of people coming home. Um, all these big um, tech companies that are here. There's a lot of people who are doing their time there coming out of it and looking to to set up their own business or their own idea and take those learnings in, in Ireland and set them up here. Um, and I think that's fantastic. I, that's why it excites me and that's why I, you know, I kind of stayed in Ireland and I, I just think it's a, an amazing place to be to do some business. Was, and exciting was there a chance business. you wouldn't have stayed in Ireland? Well, I always thought about going abroad, uh, playing. I always thought about... Oh, playing rugby. Going, Yeah, no, right. that was my playing. And then, uh, you know, when we finished, we thought about going away for sense of time because mm. we'd always been based in Dublin but mm. we both love um, Ireland both love living in Dublin um, and it's, it, there's a lot of energy in, in the city mm. right now mm. and there's a lot of energy in, in Ireland like uh, I want to get out to mm. there's like uh, amazing things happen down in Cork um, talking to the guys down in the Republic who work there as well uh, like a really exciting place to be it's Donald um, Callan yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Want to get over to Limerick, Galway, Athlone, these places, and see what's going on in these hubs. Um, Galway's great. Yeah, I, I love Galway. They've got a who doesn't? A, I I do. I have to say, I love going out to the west. A couple of non-rugby questions, non-business questions yeah. to finish off. One or two might be rugby related. Um, Your sports editor was obviously on to you. No, 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 <laughs> he wasn't. No, this is entirely independent. Um, Excuse the pun. Uh, some. Thought that maybe there might be pay TV uh, might might enter the rugby universe. Do you th- and and well, like so, you got that uh, private equity firm uh, who have bought a stake in uh, Pro Fourteen mm-hmm. Six Nations and the Premiership Rugby. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move on some others. Um, Would that hurt popularity of the game in this country? Um, I think you've got to keep your national events on 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 free to air, as in Six Nations, etc. Yeah. Yeah, um, because and if that it, went the, the behind club rugby pay- could be a little bit different if it, if it went behind a paywall. The only problem with it is behind a paywall right now. Yeah, but it's so scattered. I think it's losing out in total. But if Six Nations went behind a paywall, I don't. Yeah, I. Don't, but I. I just. Don't I heard read. a theory that I'm not a massive rugby fan, but I. I heard a theory that um, if that happened, uh, it could be very damaging for the it overall. Would, I believe. It, in I, I believe rugby. it would be. Okay. Um, I give an example: uh, European Championship last year. Uh, in Edinburgh, mm. um, BT. I'd say I don't know the exact numbers, but I'd say they probably got you know six, seven, eight hundred thousand people watching it. Mm. Channel Four free to air. I think it got around two million people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so for the it's devel- still it's still quite a niche. Even though it's a global sport, it's very niche on a global scale. Mm. Um, and they need that to be on free to air to scale it. Mm. One thing I've been personally interested in: Were you taken aback at? The last World Cup, when we lost Japan, we were hammered by New Zealand. There was definitely a narrative of Schadenfreude in in some uh, in some in some uh, parts of the press and some yeah. parts of the opinion. Were you taken aback by that? Were you surprised by that? Look, I think th- there's been a reframing of the expectation around the rugby team, um, and that's off the back of the tremendous success that that the team has had over the last. 10 years like since 2009 we've won three six nations two of them grand slams oh i mean you know you know yeah. what i mean and and it's re what but I'm, I'm not even to- talking about expectations i'm talking about there was like 
a, a, a colleague, I, I don't know, but he's a colleague of this newspaper, Ewan McKenna, <laughs> wrote, um, he wrote a few pieces yeah. and he's been very vocal and he would, but he would definitely represent a strain of opinion out there that is kind of regards rugby as being, you know, it's a private posh boys uh, sport. Um, and I think that the term he used was not the team of us, the team, the team of you or the team of us and them or something. Okay. But, but when we were beaten by Japan and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it was Ewan McKenna, but there was definitely, I saw it, I saw it on social media, there was definitely a ha-ha. Yeah, look, I, I mean, like, I'm not going to say the sport is for everyone. Um, and well, like um, any other sport got a ha-ha, though, when we lost. Well, like, I mean, well, very few Irish sports get to that level yeah. of expectation, I suppose. Um, is that what you put it down? Do you think it's because no, we have that level? No, no, I, I don't. I don't. No. I, Look, I don't. I don't. I don't know why people were um, reveling in uh, the uh, the failure of the team to get past the quarterfinal. Um, I can't speak for them. Um, I was like, I was disappointed, like everyone else. I would have loved to see them kick on, um, but they didn't. They they were the way they played. Um, it was nullified. They didn't evolve their game, and that's what happens when you're when you. Oh, I mean, look the, uh, up there. I mean, but there was there was a lot of people who were. I mean, maybe they were just you know it, it didn't like all the hype that was around the team in the first place in terms of where they were, and they were just waiting because if they didn't win, mm. which is hard to do, mm. <laughs> win the World Cup, then they're always going to be. But I've never seen with any other sport, maybe with the exception of one or two UFC fighters, I've never seen um, a significant portion of the public actually, as you say, revel in the failure of a team to win a game. And yeah. I think I know what's behind it. I mean, I think I know. I think it's based on um, uh, a certain amount of resentment, a certain amount of. Uh, division, maybe social division in the country. I mean, we, we all know this. We all know the, the, these themes. But I'm just wondering, the only reason I'm bringing it up is as a former player, I'm wondering what players think of that, you know, as opposed to pundits. Um, well, I'm not a player anymore, so you could no. put me in the pundit bra uh, okay. bracket, I suppose. Um, I mean, I was disappointed in, in, in the outcome of the World Cup for them. Disappointed in the last 12, 18 months of how they played. But... You know, were you disappointed in the? the I, I'm not going to get really carried away. Like it's sport. Mm. Like I'm, I'm like. There's some other proper serious things going on. Mm. Um, this is just sport. It's just a moment that you're just trying to alleviate some of that mm. thinking or whatever it is. Although, had we won the World Cup, like it would have. You know. I, I always bring it back to a real important moment in the 2009. We've just entered one of the biggest recessions we ever had, mm -hmm. and we win the Grand Slam. And I never really, I didn't realize I was in that little bubble of just training, training, play, training, play. I didn't realize what was everyone was going through until we came out in the street in Dawson Street and talking to those people of what it meant to have kind of a good news story um, in the middle of a big recession. And that's what sport does, isn't it? Sport sport kind of, I'm, I'm not just saying this with rugby, I'm just saying in general, it tr I think it it tries to just separate itself from, let's say, the daily news or goings-ons at times, not mm. always, and try and just bring a bit of Oh look! I mean, as a Liverpool fan, I can <laughs> well, tell you're, you. Well, you're, you're, I can tell you with my hand on my heart that Liverpool. <laughs> you're flying high right now. Possibly winning the league. Possibly, we don't know yet. Winning the league this year, honestly, is is absolutely going to be one of the highlights of my year, uh, even on a personal, yeah, emotional. Yeah. So it does take you there. But like when in 2009 Grand Slam win, the the the, the uplift that a lot of people got from that, what the Schadenfreude from losing the matches against Japan and New Zealand suggests that there was a division there of people that not only weren't happy that that, that the Iron team uh, won the Grand Slam, but actually kind of were seething about it, you know? And I'm just, I'm it, 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 we don't really talk about that, uh, about, about this that much. 
I'm not a sports journalist, yeah, as, you, yeah. as, as is obvious. <laughs> I was just curious as to what you thought about all of that. I yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't put a whole lot of sense into it. Or, or, mm. Sorry, not sense, a whole lot of thought into it, if I'm honest. Um, I kind of watched the game for what it was. They lost. That's kind of crap. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, what's the next game of rugby I'm going to watch? Jealousy, no? Of, of getting abuse know. in the papers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Uh, that's one thing I don't I don't miss. Um, but you know, and 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 look, everyone. If we all had the same opinion, it'd be very very boring, wouldn't it? Like so, it's it's you need people who have a uh, who have a different voice, who question it, who who um, you know go against maybe what is the common narrative at that mm. time or the easy narrative at that time. Um, so everyone, the guys that you mentioned and, and whoever else you didn't, I mean, all that dialogue, I think, is constructive. And like, so the takeaway there... Very diplomatic. I mean, no, but like, if you, you know, but if you tell, like, if, you, if the takeaway is, would be like, okay, um, right, there is that narrative out there and there, there's people who don't feel connected to this team. And, and this is one of the few teams internationally that is an island. Mm. Um like it's not the Republic of Ireland, like soccer and that's Northern right, Ireland. Yeah. It's the island of Ireland. Mm. Um, that's very rare in in international sport. Um, and so that's the takeaway where you're like, okay, there's there's a you know, there's something we have to do about that or about the image or about the game, or you know, where are the majority of our players coming from? You know, what clubs, what schools, what catchment areas? Um, because for the simple reason for the sport to succeed. You need more people to play for it. You can't just keep going to those same pools. Um, and mm. that's, if you play that out on kind of like that global scale, that's the problem. It's only been played in a few countries. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Um, not like soccer, which is played everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, you played a lot of different, you played GAA. Right? Yeah, yeah, played, yeah. GAA, hurling, swimming, athletics, soccer. If, if what, You name the sport that was on, I was playing curbs. Uh, <laughs> I remember curbs. I was yeah. pretty good at curbs. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I think we're out of time, Jamie, but thanks a million for coming into uh, studio again. Head of brand marketing at Flender, the alternative lending service. And that's flender.com, right? Flender.ie. 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 Okay, I could have sworn it was flender.com. Okay, flender.ie. Uh, Jamie Hislip, thanks a million for coming in. That's all we have time for uh, this week, folks, uh, on The Big Tech Show. If you're watching us on YouTube or on the website, thanks for watching. I believe this is the first time uh, we've recorded this uh, on video and it may not be the last time. So go easy with your uh, comments and I hope there'll be no schadenfreude about the shirt that I didn't <laughs> iron this morning. But anyway, thanks again and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>